I just got a text from Aphoria. I think he's going to hop on soon. Cool, cool. What's up, dude? What's up? Dude. How's it going? <laughs> hey, man. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. What's so, up? Our two uh, faces I've never seen before, Tyler and Larry and Mike, obviously. Yeah. The boy. Dude, they're, both, they're both like heavy nifty collectors now. It's wild. We're not heavy. I'm moderate. Oh, we're like, we're just dense more so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, you got to be playing. Uh, that, that's so cool yeah well i love your stuff dude like uh, ah well just from a lot. stumbling on it really with mike pioneering our way i guess yeah. leading us blindly into the nifty space it's like maybe it's a like, pyramid scheme and <laughs> dude whoever's building this pyramid <laughs> yeah taking some serious drugs <laughs> so, yeah, i have exactly. a question about this podcast like first off is it started or it's very conversational yeah. and uh this is the first interview we're just uh, shooting the shit man yeah. i'm You're so new. honored i'm yeah, so dude, honored this is what this is what we're going to be doing just like random ass interviews like no structure whatsoever no dude, ads and just is, promo and is it like is this going to be bro- not broadcasted but presented in the video format as well i think we're just going to do audio maybe on spotify but the video yeah, just gotcha. you know get the the real life aspect of just seeing you yeah but yeah. i honestly i'm i was so glad that you you collected the piece and because i, I didn't know you and then mike is like yo this is my it's my buddy and, yeah. and then i'm like oh what the fuck that's so so nice and then we had the chance to chat just a little bit uh here and there i i feel like that was fun i talked to most of my collectors but usually it's just like one little conversation but we yeah. talked about that um you know mike inspired me to do 3d and all that stuff i i, I thought that, ho- that whole thing was really cool it's such a small world dude we have like this little discord chat too now going with a few artists and yeah it's all so full circle all these people that were kind of like chatting on instagram and shit when people were like over there have all moved here into the nft space and now it's like everybody's <laughs> kind of just like re-meeting up again in like a different world it's crazy. Piz, you gave me your the the, the Instagram to flip through. Yeah, right? Illmatic, Illmatic features. Illmatic dude, features. We were talking about that. I was talking about that. He said, like, he was doing posts at one point. Throwaway right? account. Yeah, I was just throwing stuff out. I was, like, trying to find... I enjoyed, like, finding people and finding artists and stuff that I liked and doing what you were doing with it. And, Alexi, one of your things was on there from a dude, while ago. He was ago. a mod. He was a mod. Yeah. I, I was a mod. Like, <laughs> there you go. All right, yeah, so you put it up yourself. That was like three years ago or five years, four years ago. I don't know. It must know. have been like five years ago. And when Mike told me I could be a mod, I was losing my shit. I was, <laughs> I, I was, I was out there, you know, um, having dinner with my parents in a restaurant. I was like, oh, mom, just, just wait a second because I got a post on this cool page I'm moderating, you know. And, and she, she didn't understand anything that, of what I was saying, you know. And but at the time I was blown away. I was like, damn, Slime Sunday. I'm I'm the moderator of this page. Like what an achievement. Okay. Yeah. Now look at you. And dude. now now we're chatting here in the Zoom. How crazy is that? It's, it's crazy. crazy. Man. Not all that far away either in Montreal, right? Yeah, Montreal. Born and raised. You guys are not not exactly because uh I was born on the island of Montreal, but I was raised southwest in the suburbs. Yeah, uh, in a, like in a tranquil city. Well, I moved a lot when I was a kid, but uh, I lived in those like really calm cities where you could play hockey in the streets, you know, uh, mm-hmm. on the streets or whatever. Um, it was fun. And then I moved in Montreal, of course, when I started studying university. 
Uh, that was like the natural move to do. I like it here. It's really cool. Like, well, right now it's kind of boring because of COVID, of course, but usually it's very vibrant. You know, lots of, uh, lots of shows, uh, cultural events, uh, lots of cool people as well. It's very diverse here. So I like it. It's crazy, uh, man. Like, it's like, I feel like there's so many Canadians in this space right now. Basically, yeah. our whole Discord chat is all Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, uh, we have Fuck Render and Victor, uh, Mad Dog. Yeah, Canadian that's right. as well. Yeah. So do you guys all uh, live, you guys don't all live near each other though, right? Or No, I used to live quite close to um, Fred at some point. Like, I don't know, like 20 minutes uh, using the bus, you know? Yep. That was that was kind of cool. We used to go uh, in his favorite bar, taking some some beers, just chatting about work and all sorts of all sorts of stuff. It was really yeah, dope. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Mostly me asking him questions about how to handle stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a cool time. And now he moved from from Montreal to Vancouver. Um, so now he's a bit further away, I must say. I, I live close to. Don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Malavida. She's yeah. a yeah, abstract artist and she lives like closer than what Fred used to live. Yeah, I'm a probably. big fan of, of her work. I wanted, yeah, to get she's that, awesome. I wanted to get that fucking holographic print that she was. Uh, I wasn't able to get it, though, for some reason. I forget why. But yeah, I wanted that thing pretty bad. Yeah, that, that was kind of um, hard to get because it was associated with uh, a token and you had you could pay with uh, uh, DAI, the, yeah. the currency. Yeah. And I remember I tried, I was like super early and I got like number 90 or something was crazy. I think like the first, at least the first half just sold so quickly. So so if I present the print in video, I could only describe it with words for the the audience. (laughs) Give me a second. I'll go get it. I wanted this thing so bad. Oh shit. It's like holographic. That's so cool. So how did you get that? What is that printed on? Uh, you know, um, when you were a child, those kind of stickers that did like a, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Get it? <laughs> I hope that people at home really far back. That sound. Yeah. So that I hope people yeah. will be able to hear that because it's yes. such a precious noise. And so essentially, it's just like those little edges, and they reflect like a different visual based on the angle. Uh, so yeah. I guess there are like five images in there, and wow. they just great for a hallway. I need to frame it. That I'm I'm so lazy. I'm sorry, Alicia, but I gotta frame it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find a place to put it on my wall. But you gotta get like, like a, a naked frame with no glass, so you can just walk by and keep. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because if there's a glass, it's just gonna ruin it, you know. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to Alicia. Does she um, have any more of those, dude? I want to buy one. <laughs> all I have to say is that she, like, knowing her, I know she's gonna do some more very soon. It's something she does quite. Not quite often, but like at least once or twice per year, I believe. Yeah, cool. So I like getting don't... the physical pieces with the nifties too. I mean, it's a great yeah. way to like bridge the gap for new people that well, I, I'm not doing physicals for my draws, but I, I don't I don't see it as a negative thing if it brings people in, you know. People to purchase NFTs, well, why not? Uh, I just know that personally I don't have my work is all digital, so I don't I don't have anything like that's proper to offer except if i wanted to make a book about the images of mine that were not banned on the internet <laughs> uh, <laughs> i could do that like not banned from the internet <laughs> <I like that. laughs> the collab yeah <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, um, dude, I, I don't know. I, I think there's kind of a, um, there's a group of artists who want to do the physicals and then the people who want to stay true to NFTs, which are completely digital. True. Like, what, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think, do you think physicals kind of ruin it or? It depends. I, I feel like if the product itself has no particular shine or connection to the NFT itself, I don't see it as valuable, like no, no shade intended, but I, I would personally never do a drop where I would include a, like an infinite objects um, with yeah. my visual first, because people did it first. And I don't want to like follow the footsteps here. Um, but second, I feel like, um, well, actually a good example would be uh, your project, Mike, because uh, you, you made a book. I mean, that's, it, that in itself is such a great item. It's such a great product, has a lot to offer. So to me, it makes sense to give such a product with the NFT because it's in itself, it's a work of art. It's worth something. Uh, it's not just like a video frame or something like that. You know, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Um, we're excited to get so, those books, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it must look so cool. I, I, I tried getting the the big one, like the, the four, was it 4K? I don't know. I tried getting it and then I, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, at the time, at the time I was like, that's so much money. And yeah, I was like, might as well just go for the big one, you know? Uh, <laughs> but, oh, but anyways, um, yeah. So you're a happy medium with like, if you give away something that you can view in like AR or something like oh, that or VR, you know? Yeah. Well, but is it a physical if it's like digital as well? Like, I guess not, but I'm access? saying like bridging the gap between going fully digital and giving a physical, you know, meeting somewhere yeah. where like there's an additional thing with the nifty, I guess it kind of like is an incentive. Yeah. Have you seen yeah. those augmented reality prints? Like, I feel like those could be cool with Jam Sutton. Are you talking about uh, Jam Sutton? I don't know. Does he, does he do that? Well, yeah, that was oh, a yeah, drop. Oh, yeah, he had that drop. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to buy one of his, actually. The, like, sculpture pieces, right? Yeah. yeah. Those are cool. But I'm talking about, like, the like you ship out a print, and then you hold your phone up to it, and the print starts moving. Oh. Well, I think that was what he did. Well, uh, no, it was similar, though. I think it was, like, a short, like, a tiny piece of cardboard or, or whatever. It had a code and the artwork on it. And when you approach your phone, you, it shows like the 3D model in this space and then you can put it where, wherever you want. That's yeah, actually pretty yeah, exactly. neat. But, but yeah, I think that's, that's a cool thing to do. Like if I, if I had to do it, I would, I would probably do something like that. Maybe not um, right now, but in the future, probably. I don't know, it's just, I, I feel like it depends on who you are as an artist. Um, right. An artist like, you know, Victor Mosquera, a good friend of ours as, as well, he did uh, a drop recently on Nifty and for the winner of the silent auction, they got the original sketch um, wow. of the image. So that to me makes total sense. Like I wouldn't do that because I mean, my work is digital and the right. sketches I make are horrible. So <laughs> there's no point. <laughs> so yeah, if it has a purpose and it's linked to the visual itself, I th I feel like it can be a good way to bring people in. Did just, people do the ones that were like the trading cards almost that came in like the glass case, that look like those are, Pokemon those are cards? Are, oh, who, yeah, wait, they're quite big, I think. Yeah, those are infinite objects, right? Yeah. Oh, that's what that is? Yeah. Yeah, those are, well, now they're kind of booming, I feel like. They're, they're really in demand. People. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
But it's I mean, like that everyone tries something a little different, you know, where it's like, oh, I'm surprised on this drop format. It feels like yeah. every time there's something new where I'm like, oh, like the freebie today that Fuck Render did. Yeah. He won one. Yeah. yeah, he got one. <laughs> yeah. I, I never. <laughs> I think I could, I, if I talk about it, I'll start shaking because um, <laughs> I, I saw it. You number ten snuck his way in. Uh, not number eight. Number eight, actually. <laughs> number eight. Yeah, eight I was. Ten. Eight I was ten, that right. close, but yeah, that's a good example of like trying to figure out some ways to bring interest in your drop. So what he did um, with the free NFT was really creative. So you had to really download the game and just dive in um, to try to find it. Um, I was very lucky. The first time I, I found it, I had this reflex of pressing escape to take a screenshot, but it, it shut down the game. And I was no like, way, no, no, no fucking way. I, I, I just lost it. And I, I might have been like one of the first to get it, you know? How long did it take you to and find it? Like, how big is this universe? I, I'm afraid to download it. I think it'll crash my laptop. It, I, I feel like it can take you somewhere between two to 10 minutes, you know, if you take your time. Because um, my, my instinct was to go like to the side, you know, and just because it's like a whole, I think it's a big square with mountains and all around it, there are like, there's a big ocean. So I was like, maybe if I go to the, the water and, yeah. and I just walk all the edge, I'll just eventually find it. Cause otherwise, why would he put it in the, the center of the, the map, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I, and when you approached it, the, the whole, lighting just changed from red to green uh, blue to green <laughs> so when you're approaching and it starts like getting green you're like oh shit I, i'm so close <laughs> so so i knew i knew i was like i could find it at any moment and then i i took my cell phone i, I was shaking taking a picture of it um, <laughs> i sent an email to tommy from nifty with like my most weird email address I have because I didn't take the time to change it. Yeah, I, and I, the subject line I just wrote, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to write. Like, should I write NFT free found or something like that? I, just wrote, I think I won. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> no, no body, no tech, just one subject line. Oh yeah. <laughs> so did that work out? Like you were the eighth person to figure it out? Uh, did well, they just go in order probably of, of yeah of... i think they went because you could either um either or either i don't know you could either mm -hmm. like contact fred directly on instagram uh, on twitter uh through his dms or you could email tommy from nifty um so they might have like talked for a couple of minutes to figure out like well okay this person uh sent me a message at that particular time Oh, I got this guy who was earlier. Oh, I got this gal who was anyway. And they, they had they had to figure it out that way. Yeah. Um, and then he texted me. He's like, "I think you got it, man." I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what?" I I was so happy, so so happy. So I'm I'm gonna hold on this for quite a long time because right now some people are already bidding crazy amounts, but I feel like it can go for so much more. Um, yeah. And Fred's also like one of my best friends, so I don't want to flip it right away you know it's <laughs> hey he's so good. I, he's... yeah if i sell it for a good price i think he would be like stoked for me before you hopped on yeah we were talking because larry had one of my uh, last stand for the nation states and uh he had it yeah he like left it up on the uh the aftermarket and ended up selling <laughs> he got like a grand out of it so i was it what? sold it was an all-time high sell for about 10 minutes and then one sold for like 80 dollars more 
Are you uh, kidding me? Yeah, no, so I got like a grand out of that. So and, that was sick. And then yep. my other buddy, my other buddy had one and he sold it for like 250 bucks. And then Tyler <laughs> here, Tyler here flipped his right after the drop for like 60 something bucks. <laughs> oh no. Can you believe that? Oh, oh so. that was my first nifty. So I, wow. I was very new at that point in November. I had no clue what I was doing. I was like, oh, cool. I can make 20 bucks here and there. So <laughs> you, you, you're you telling me you you bought your first NFT from one of your best friends and you, and you, you flipped it for 20 bucks? That's, <laughs> that's like, that doesn't get you shit even at McDonald's, you know? <laughs> I didn't know I was hanging around in the space. I kind of, I think that adrenaline rush actually might have pushed yeah. me to like oh, stay yeah. in. It yeah. is an it is a rush. It's actually awesome. I think I couldn't wait. I was just chasing that dragon. Oh, yeah, I feel you. Like I feel you. <laughs> I I actually was lucky enough to get one of the Mona Sativas. I yeah. sold it for five hundred. But you know what? When I sold it, I was like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> I shouldn't have yeah. done it because they sold like for one one grand not too long after. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that's just exponentially going to keep going up as the user base grows on Nifty Gateway? Because these are like early drops. You know, like this is time stamped forever as like some of the earliest pieces on the platform. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think I think definitely last stand of the nation state will um will survive the test of time. Like I think it's it's number one on nifty. Yeah. And <laughs> it, I don't think it's getting Fuck, I can't believe someone bought it. <laughs> I don't think it's getting surpassed anytime soon just because of the amount of secondary sales it got. So I think that one is going to survive. I, th- I think Mona Sediva will do really well too, but it do- it definitely doesn't sell as much as Last Stand of the Nation State, and I think that's just because it's like a crypto piece and, and people love that shit. So, yeah. I think the crypto related stuff definitely holds value really well. Yeah, I wish no one bought that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just so crazy. I don't like personally. I don't know because it's so early. Uh, still, it has been like. The space exists for about three years now, uh, yeah. but it's still early, you know. So, who knows, like how much those will sell in one year? Like, will they sell for two k, three k? I don't know. But one thing's for sure is that uh, when you go on Nifty, like every single day, you, you see that piece. It's slapped on the, the the homepage, and and so for me, that's like a good sign that this is not going away. Yeah. Um, because it's just there all the time. So. If you're a new user and you come in, you're like, well, this is one good piece. I should get it, you know? Definitely. So, I check out that top. 10. It's easy to yeah. just jump in. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this this one is a good example of a piece that could probably do very well in the years to come. A lot of artists have, have been having talks about like the different platforms and where is best to release. And there's kind of a group of artists who are nifty based and a group of artists who are super rare based. Yeah. And, it would just be better if everyone was like just fucking chill about everything like no wars between different platforms and shit because like honestly i just be able to kind of like drop wherever i want and not be like frowned upon i was gonna yeah, i yeah. was gonna say both of you have seemed to figure out how to do both You're yeah like yeah go from nifty and then jump in super where it's pretty much a self promo right it's it's you that's mm-hmm. pushing you know yeah. what you're putting out you're there. alone in this yeah and yeah all you can do is make it available, but it's still really on you. I so, personally started with Super Rare, actually. I think when Larry got Ivy, uh, it was uh, the last piece before my first Nifty drop, or was it like... It, yeah, it was. Pretty close. Yeah. So I had to. I started with that first. I think that... I don't know, like, what's the best, actually, to start with Nifty or with Super Rare. Like, if you can f- do pretty well with 
single editions? Is that a good sign right before entering the more uh, mainstream platform that is nifty, you know, where you get like all sorts of editions and mechanics? Um, that I don't know, but I one thing's for sure, like it, it's not about like being on too many platforms, it's about like using them well. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't only post on Super Rare because if I want to do some more special mechanics, like Nifty's the place, you know. I also did post some work on Maker's Place because they were the only platform who had a system for collaborations. So um, I did a collaboration with Malavida. We shared both pieces on there. And when you look at the piece, you see both artists credited, which is not something that is done at the moment elsewhere. That's interesting. I actually did not know that. Yeah, that that that's the only reason why. But also, <laughs> I, I feel like Alicia was not on Super Rare yet. I think she got accepted the day we dropped on Maker's Place. <laughs> um, but whatever, <laughs> like it was a, the perfect platform to do such a drop. Your stuff has like been crushing on Super Rare lately. Oh right? yeah, that's that's a, a good story, man. <laughs> was that from the clouds? Did that just come out of nowhere with Ethos? Oh Does yeah. I was saying, I was looking at it, like I'm about to hit him up. I had the thought to hit you up and be like, how much are you looking for this? Because it was sitting oh, there really? for a month. Yeah, I was had the thought it was within a couple of days. <laughs> and then I saw your tweet about it. Was that out of the clouds? Was that just? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, here's how it went. If I can sweet. talk about it, it will be a pleasure to explain. So essentially, it was my my first animation I ever shared on Square. So I was like, yeah, that's that's cool. Like, I'm super proud of it. I did the soundtrack as well, was super happy with the sounds and how it came out. So when I posted, I was like, okay, what, what should I do? Like this new reserve auction setup was like brand new at the time. It, it just came up. So I was like, I, I should try the reserve auction right. system. Yep. And I was thinking about a price, you know, as an artist, I like to think in both USD, but also Ethereum. I don't want to get, like go too low in Ethereum value, even though if it, like it's worth more, I'd like to keep it as close as possible for some collectors are crypto native. And I feel like these type of collectors, they really care about the floor price in Ethereum. Um, so I just put like eight. I think that was 5K when I posted. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, if someone hits the reserve, well, let's go. If not, well, I'll just wait, you know? Yep. But right at that time, Ethereum started climbing like crazy. <laughs> like it, it was nonsense. And I was looking at my piece and it was almost worth 8K. I know more than 8K, it was just too crazy, you know? So I was getting a bit anxious because I was like, man, I'm not seeing this anytime soon. If it keeps climbing like that, what am I going to do? So after a whole month, I just removed uh, all the reserves I had on my super rare. I had two at the time. And three days after I wake up, you know, like every human being who's a bit addicted to their cell phone. I just open up my cell phone, go on Twitter. And in my, in my DMs, there's this guy who DM me. He's like, dude, let's go. And I'm like, <laughs> what is that? I click on the image and it shows a 7.77 Ethereum bid from no one else, uh, no other than Illustrator. Tim <laughs> Kang, the guy. I, I couldn't believe it. When I checked it out, it was worth uh, like 10K US. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still losing my breath right now talking about this. I was like losing it, losing it. it was I think at the time, Larry, the piece you bought was my highest selling in USD. And then the next one I sold was to a collector called Goldtra. It was my, my highest. So it was like 3.2K, which was personally like crazy. I was, I'm, I'm, I was so blown away by that. But then that amount on a piece <laughs> that I didn't sell in a month 
and I just removed the auction. Um, like, what what is going on? And played it perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I I messaged him. And I'm like, um, well, man, thanks so much for that. Um, I'm gonna announce a countdown right now. Are you fine with that? And he's like, absolutely, man. Take it easy. And I did the countdown. Of course, like no one wants to fight against Tim Kang, so he 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 won with that bid. I mean, that's that was fine. Well, me. dude, it's it's the lucky number sevens, man. Yeah. Like yep. seven. So what was it? Seven point seven seven. Seven. Yeah, point seven seven. So three seven. Uh, and then he fucking he he won Beeples with seven hundred and seventy seven. Yeah. So ah, I was honored because the guy I talked to him for like half an hour after the sale, and he's such a sweet person. Yeah, I agree, super man. sweet. He he was like man when i saw your piece i was blown away i was i i relate with it so much and he's like it's one of my favorites in my collection i love that you you did the music i love the backstory that you added to the post i don't like or comment on your posts i'm sorry about that but i do see them and i really found that inspiring and he 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 was so like vocal about his appreciation to the art and therefore i was just blown away and i was like man you know like you're changing lives right now and it's such a blessing to have people like you just like being so because he's not just going in for for flipping he really cares about the art he knows who's like doing good and he knows the good artists um he's like aware of the scene yeah that that, that whole story was insane such a good guy and such a surprise for real that was cool i had a 7.7 bid on what when i bought ivy from him on super yeah Oh, really? So yeah, think of what the inflation is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Seven yeah, so, so it's crazy because for a collector like you who bought earlier, seeing such a sale, I mean, you must have felt like, wow, well, my investment is doing good right now. Right. Well, yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. It's just like, I know what he's done. And if you're following him, then you're both be doing something right. So keep doing stuff right. <laughs> I can't think of another up. industry where like the collectors are known as much as some of the artists are, you know? Oh yeah, I know. Just browsing on Nifty or Super, you get to see these people that are building yeah. out these yeah. sick collections. It's kind of a cool thing to see. The bid wars are so much fun to watch. They're, yeah. they're, they're yeah. like, when you actually just go and watch <laughs> your keep phone. extending the five minutes <laughs> just like oh, oh man another one in another one in go check on like their like twitter or something or see i don't know max stealth yeah oh, <laughs> that whole yeah, people Mike. weekend was awesome like those were that was there were battles yeah that i was i was on my computer the whole weekend <laughs> <laughs> that was wild it was like non-stop it like just like random hours like usually a like a bid war like it dies down for 20 something hours and then within like the, the last remaining few hours you start to see it pump but people's yeah. was going like throughout the day it was it was, yeah it yeah. was like march madness there were like games like, <laughs> at all times non-stop a, a, a festival one. you know yeah yeah that was cool. so crazy great story and also when it's it's kind of like the same story here i also had this piece a lot happened in two weeks you know on super rare i didn't sell for a few months I, my last sale was like beginning of december but i'm like my mindset is more focused on the long term so i didn't worry too much you know i was like of course I, it's it's great to have some action but I, at the same time i prefer to think that it's gonna happen when it's gonna happen so there's um this piece called Instinct that was published like beginning of November. It was my fourth piece on Super Rare right after Ivy and posted the first day, one bid, 
from Falkrander actually because he liked the, the, the artwork and then nothing I was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> what what just happened because the, the the three first pieces they sold out in a day like I had the, those crazy offers right away so I was like is that it is that how it works but no <laughs> like that's just like when you start it It's a bit more crazy, but then you you have to learn to be patient. And so it was like doing nothing for a while, and then a collector came in, uh, Sir Nigel, I think is a it's a guy, but whatever. <laughs> like this this person is one of the biggest collectors in super rare. They, they have like such a huge collection, and I was intimidated because the, the person just placed a bid on my work and kept raising the bid, but it was still like. <laughs> that's was, so intimidating yeah i know dude that's happened to you he's waiting for me to accept <laughs> what should i do and it was was too low compared to my previous sale and i was like okay i sold for that amount to that person like if i sell like 66 of what i sold previously it's like too low to me so yeah. i I, ref i didn't accept and then he stopped bidding you know like was gone so i had this it was a, an offer of five ethereum was quite a lot at the time but it was It's much more now, you know? Yeah. So I just waited for three months. And since the beginning, I had this list price um, just for fun. Because I was like, well, if someone wants to grab it, well, there they go. So I put a list price of seven back when I published a piece. And like last week, a collector just came in and took it. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> Wait, it's like at 17 or so? Well, it was 11K. Yeah. <laughs> just just like that. Just yeah. like that. And the, the 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 craziest part is that this person, their wallet, um, this person is ex extremely well known for being one of the biggest whales in the DeFi universe or sphere, whatever you call it. I think this person is like maybe a trader or an early adopter of the cryptocurrencies. But from what I could remember, they have somewhere close to 400 million dollars in a hot wallet. Yeah, I've, seen that, dude. I've seen that guy's wallet. It's yeah. fucking mental. Wait a minute. Is that the dude that bought the into the Evil. ether on OpenSea for like 220 plus? I don't yes. know. Yes. Yes. That's oh, the shit. guy where his wallet was people. Yeah. People put out his wallet on. Uh, he was like, this is the guy that's buying that. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh shit, that's a lot of money. I saw that. Can't and I, I realized that was the first piece um, that they collected on super rare no way dude wow. like, yeah Fuck yeah first piece and i was like like why this one why me there are hundreds of artists who are like much more talented than i am on super rare and i don't know it, it didn't make sense so it was such a crazy moment and all of this happened in two weeks and all of this happened because i just waited you know yeah i, I didn't I what do you mean with, uh, with super rare at the beginning like the way i went about it was completely different like i basically would post something and say I will accept the offer in 24 hours. So I was doing, I was doing like uh, auctions because they didn't have like, that. Oh, like whatever it was, whatever the price oh, was, whatever the price yep. was, yep. 24 yep. hours, yep. I, would, yep. I would accept Damn. the price. That's like, wild. Yeah. So I did that for like my first three pieces. And then like the first two did really well. And then the third one just like shit the bed and had like a terrible bid <laughs> after 24 hours. But I was like, fuck, I, I said I would accept it after 24 hours. So yeah. And then like the whole waiting game, like I'm such an impatient person. Like I see a bid and I'm like, oh shit, this is a good bid. Like I might as well just accept it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely good to wait. And it's good to hear you say that because it's hard to be patient in this, uh, in this space, you know, when you have like fucking money flying at you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you guys uh, have been pretty patient. That happened to me. They threw 20 bucks at me and I took the bait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, uh, well, we're, it's the same thing. It's just yeah. not a fewer zeros, but it's the same thing. Exactly. Um, you both made money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel you because I remember at the first, uh, during the first um, period that I started sharing on Super Rare, I was really quick to accept offers, you know, because uh, I was scared that uh, people like Larry would probably remove it after 24 hours or something. Like for no reason, like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. At the time I didn't know I was so like, was so new for me. Um, so I accepted like within four, 24 hours, the first three times. And then on the fourth one, I was like, yeah, I'm going to wait for this one, you know, like more than 24 hours. Well, I, I waited for three months. So um, Dude, that's a good move. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's good advice. Well, I mean, it's good advice for people who feel like they can wait on that because I can do some client work on the side. So if someone is more like in need of like that money, I would say, go get it. You know, it's if you need that money to pay rent, don't wait three months for an offer because otherwise it can be so stressful for the person if they're like needing that money. Um, But I mean, it's it's huge money for me but if i if i leave it there it's still fine you know so i can wait a bit i i feel like that's a good advice especially because as mike said we always see his numbers and it's always so crazy people keep breaking records and as an artist all you want is to be a part of this you know you want to be accepted in the space you want to to do well and because you see everyone doing well so it can be really tempting to accept everything that's thrown at you so yeah that's why it's so hard as an artist you learn a lot in this space and you have to learn quick because otherwise you can get wrecked it's stressful i feel like the space is very stressful at least um yeah for me i don't know about you but yeah it is like whenever i get a bit i'm i'm full on like stress mode engaged I, i try to think it through you know um, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, you, you have to be confident in your art. So to me, it's like, I always try to stick to that. So I, I'm like, well, yeah, uh, I've been working so hard on this. So uh, I'm just going to work harder and not settle for anything that doesn't feel like worth it for me, you know? 100%. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a mindset that can be helpful in the long run. Because like right now, I don't know what's going to happen to... Uh, people who are minting like two pieces a week and manage to sell, you know, like some people are minting two pieces a week and they sell everything. Yeah, that's crazy. But try to project like four oh, years yeah. ahead. No, I know, dude. I think like my wow. my strategy has been since I got in here was like every time I, I release or at least do a drop, like it's going to be way neck more more intense than the last one. So I'm never going to like rush out any content. Like I'm going to make sure that every time I do something, it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. And at least for the drops and then for super rare, like I'm only releasing my best content. Eventually I'm going to run yeah. out. So I'm trying to like spread it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I went back and looked at your super, the first one. And that was a steal. Yeah. Yeah. Puzzles. I got to look. Oh, at that it. was first band. That was, that was where you first put a band out there. Yeah, it was. Yep. <laughs> when did you, did either of you, figure out what a nifty was and like when was someone like when was someone like all right make one of these sit down and give you the talk and go go sell it so this non-fungible token for me it was back in uh in august like i was talking about august like that was six (laughs) months ago i was only three months late to the party (laughs) 
Yeah. So yeah. like we're still early. Yeah. So it was like uh, COVID had like completely destroyed my income. I wasn't getting make. I was making close to nothing because most of my uh, work is in the music industry. So I hit up Blau and I was like, dude, it was actually on Jennings advice. He was like, Jennings was like, dude, just hit up Blau and ask him if he knows anything to do. So I hit up Blau and I was like, dude, uh, how can we make some extra cash? Because I'm running dry here. <laughs> and he was, he was like, dude, there's this new space popping off. He's like, we should get involved, maybe do a collaboration. So yeah, we, we ended up dropping under SSX Blau and it was like fucking crazy at the time. Like I think our auction piece sold for like 21,000 and we were like <laughs> going absolutely bonkers because we were like, holy yeah. shit. It had the glitch bid. It had the $210,000 Yeah, there was a glitch bid. Yeah, somebody put it in. A, did you see that, dude? Somebody no. put in a uh, $210,000 bid. On they accident? Like, yeah, they fat fingered it, dude. Like, yeah. they accidentally That's put my it worst nightmare. <laughs> my bank would, like, shoot. Oh, it was yeah. an accident. Yeah, it was an accident. So that happened, like, with, within, like, three minutes left in the auction. So I think most people just peaced out and were like, fuck this. I'm not bidding again. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's what happened, dude. And we were going crazy at the time. And then within like a month, it's like these, these floors are just getting raised, you know, like the prices are going for higher and higher and higher. Like, I think fuck renders at 21,000 right now. And it's not even, yeah, it, well, it hasn't even started yet. Yeah, that drop is like monumental. Oh, hundred percent. Gotta, gotta hand it to him. Like such a, such a legend uh in this space well just in 3d in general you know and tonight like for people who are listening right now um fuck render is a 3d artist from montreal as well and he did i think it's the first person in the nft space to do like um a drop that's centered around a video game yeah so he did crazy yeah he learned unreal engine in three months did a game (laughs) and and did this crazy ass drop and did some beautiful artworks to like you know accompany it uh, whatever um just to to like be complementary and, and it, all these artworks are actually presented in the game so they are all connected together and he did those crazy trailers um that are more they have more action in it than any avengers trailer <laughs> um it's just pure madness and tonight he did like super well Everything sold out. Well, actually, it was all silent auctions. Did super well. So mad props to Fred. Yeah, he that. crushed it. Yeah. I turned, I had to turn my accidental sale into some of his stuff. Yeah, he's, he's oh. like he sold last stand of the nation state and then scooped some fuck render. So that's awesome. It is there you go. It's just it's cool. I'm just I have it up and I was just, he's been just looking at it, at it on the computer up there. <laughs> Which one did you get? I got Soulstone. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Soulstone. And what's the other, the other one called already? I think it's Space Stone. Um, oh, yeah. So Soulstone is the gold one. Yeah. He didn't even realize that was the name of it. And he's a huge Marvel fan. And he was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that one is awesome. Yeah. So wait. So for you, how did you find out about NFTs? Oh, well, it's a long story. Um, this guy, his name is Gavin Shapiro, the guy with the flamingos. Yeah. Um, yep. So shout out. Shout he got out one Gavin. tonight too. He got uh, number nine, like the free NFT of Fuck Renders drop. He got number nine. So he's my neighbor. Um, yep. I was faster <laughs> than him. <laughs> um, so, oh, you know, yeah. like, eat it, man. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I love Gavin, such a sweet guy. Um, so he, 
we were we, we did a collab um, this summer and so we got to talk more to each other and he came to me in October I don't know maybe I was asking how he was doing uh, you know classic stuff and he said well you know what's what I'm doing right now I'm I'm getting on this platform called super rare and nifty gateway you should check that out and I'm like what is that you know and he showed me and I was so confused by the principle because um, at first I didn't realize it was something like I did before but I saw those those sales going on and I was like what so like people are paying thousands of dollars for digital art was that um, <laughs> so you know I applied and <laughs> um, I got a lot of luck of being accepted like quite right away because it was right before the big boom in October in October like it just went crazy. So I got in, I got to mint my first artwork, I think was very early in October. So that's pretty much how I got in. When I posted my first NFT, I was still not understanding what it meant. <laughs> um, honestly, it took me so long to realize that simply, it's just like, it's worth something because there's one contract of it. And there's that contract says that this piece is made by me and was mine and now it's yours. That's it. That's so simple. And I didn't understand that. I was like, why, like, what does the blockchain have to do with this? And, but you know, like, so, so, so I can understand why it's hard for people to get in like right away because there's so much to process first. Uh, but once you understand that it's a certificate of authenticity that's stored on the blockchain and no one can change it. That makes sense. So I, I got hooked. Uh, I got hooked really hard and I just, kept doing it and I applied to Nifty as well, did a drop there in November. So yeah, that was my my little uh, entry story in this space. Was, well, I don't know for you, Mike, but personally I felt it was such a warm welcome from people. I got some comments from artists like uh, Carlos Martial, who's like an OG and he was like so happy that I was in, uh, like genuinely happy, like no, no feeling of competition or anything it was just like, so wholesome so to me that was really exciting to get in a space that's so welcoming and where we can actually be actual artists you know as digital artists now it's our time to shine so was super excited right away after understood of course like what an nft meant <laughs> um so yeah that's how it went for me do you find that work more fulfilling than your client work i know mike and i were on a clubhouse not too long ago where they were talking about you know, brands coming into Nifty, like yeah, how client work is kind of like, you don't get to fulfill your own vision fully. It's kind of directed by an outside force. Like, what are your feelings on that? Personally, I, I like client work, but I'm also really selective about what I take. Maybe it's at my own expense of not making as much money as I could, um, but I don't like getting on projects where, where I feel like my value as an artist is not taken seriously because I've been on some gigs where, they sell you this whole um, scenario where you'll be like, they want your vision, they want your style. And then once you sign a contract <laughs> and you're in, they don't give a shit. And <laughs> they, they, they just, they, they throw you stuff that you need to do. And I'm like, well, maybe we should do that instead. And they mm -hmm. don't, they don't buy it, you know? So that kind of stuff kind of bums me a bit because you hire me for something might as well uh, listen to me. But usually my experiences with clients were fine. Um, but I feel like now, it's even better because I can make myself a living doing my stuff for myself. And I never liked being told what to do. Uh, I, I hate that 
but I don't, I, maybe I'm just a piece of shit for saying that, but I don't know. I, if you tell me to do something, my reflex is like, well, I'm not going to do it. So being able to be um, doing what I want and whenever I want and know that there's an audience and that there's like this whole sphere where other artists are also doing the same thing for me, it's so cool, such a game changer, but I'm not going to be like, well, screw client work forever. You know, I, I'm all about balance. So in my mind, I'm doing this, but I'm also keeping the client work that I want to do just in case, you know, not, we know, we never know what's going to happen. More income so, streams, the better, right? Yeah, exactly. You don't want to, to put your, your, all your eggs in the same basket. Another good one. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's my point of view. I, I'm curious to hear what Mike has to say about that, or you guys, Tyler and Larry, like as collectors, do you like that? Do you, do you feel like this space is here to stay? Do you, yeah, it, it's such an interesting subject of discussion. To me. I think using Nifty Gateway or Super Rare, I kind of use it as like a, a portfolio for each, each artist, right? So you can like scroll through and see their style and learn a little bit about yeah. like, okay, you understand like what they do. Like this is their niche area in the art world. And I think that's mostly what I, I really like about the platform besides, you know, obviously the, the buying and the selling and collecting, but I like to use it as a, a kind of a catalog where you can kind of figure out who you like and I buy stuff that I think is cool. Uh, so inevitably stuff's going to get mainstream, but like, remember when we drafted a, um, a contract for someone or it might've been like, uh, Nickelodeon. That, it was Nickelodeon. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That was so funny. This was like <laughs> when I was doing like client work and shit. And I, I'm like basically a business, like when it comes to business, I have zero talent whatsoever. <laughs> So I was like, yo, Larry, I got like hit up by Nickelodeon to do some shit. And we just put together like this fucking ridiculous ass contract with like a bunch of <laughs> random, random shit in it. I don't know, man. Like I, I really do hate client work. That's just my own personal. Uh, <laughs> like I've been trying to escape it ever since I started it. That's basically where 90% of my income is, you know, is client work. And then the other 10% is selling prints and people buying shit that I actually enjoy making. So client work is basically just like me doing it to survive because I need the money. It's people's like other, their vision of what they want. And they're always like fucking changing their ideas and shit. So yeah, I hate, I fucking hate it. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but, dude, this space is epic because I can make whatever I want and yeah. sell it. It's your you creative know? outlet. Finally, exactly. it's like exactly. I can really put out my vision. Hundred percent. Sounds like everyone here just wants to do yeah. whatever they want. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, dude. Larry's uh, been I, collecting since I got in here, so I'm just I'm just riding, following his lead, riding the wave. Another any other terms I can. Yeah, he actually got. He, he has Clout Machine, which was my first auction on Nifty. How much did you pay? Like five G's? Oh no, less than that. It was less than that. Thirty nine. It was like four ish. Yeah, I think it was like four or maybe forty five hundred. That was because it ended at what? two o'clock Eastern. Yeah. But I'm still stoked. You got it, dude. Like, I know I was uh, pumped. I got it too. I was golfing and my adrenaline was pumping, but that's the adrenaline rush. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> 7 PM Eastern standard time. I'm always feeling it. Oh, that's, that's a new, um, that new rush hour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially independent it's drop time, dude. It's I have an it's alarm so set on my phone for six fifty five. <laughs> so i'm like ready it's a crazy week like fuck renders drop and then i Duocious. saw yeah with two feet which is like pretty massive yo it's huge it's huge and uh they're releasing like a a guitar or something saw that that thing's sick Duocious dropped something on super rare and within 30 minutes 
it had a bid on it for 10 ETH, 30 minutes of it being on Super Air. Like no reserve auction yet, just put it on there. That that person is like OG in the space. Like I know it's crazy how young they are too. Yeah. 18? I think so, yeah. Just bought a house, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. At 18, I I was not doing that. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> Me neither. I was not doing art at all at, at 18. So yeah, like no I way I, I could have ever do that. Yeah, that's that's so crazy. Like yeah, I started in college. When was that? If I'm not being too indiscreet, uh, 2011, I think. <laughs> oh shit! So you've been doing it for quite a while. Yeah, like 10 years. About. I actually, um, I'm really curious to hear about that. I, like, because we're chatting live, but personally, when I started was back in the days where mobile editing was a thing. Yep. Were Were you doing that as well yep. at some point? Yeah. 100%. I so, still have what devices shit. were you guys using? iPhones, an iPhone. Yeah. What <laughs> What software was that? There was a lot a, of it. Yeah, there yeah. was a shit ton. Like there was all these crazy apps, like, like open source stuff. It was like just a lot of people had their own software, or yeah, just, no. you just go on the the app store and like people would just be coming out with like crazy photo apps every month. It felt like, and it was basically yeah. you were just kind of like going from from app to app. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, wow. Still you, there. You got Mextures, Union. Yeah, yeah, Union. Cliche. But, yeah dude cliche is fucking sick i still use that (laughs) (laughs) shout out so but like union was basically like photoshop kind of you had layering systems in there one layer (laughs) yeah one layer (laughs) and then you had all these other apps and you'd basically like export like fucking 20 different photos and then bring them into union yeah layer yeah press it into one then bring in another photo yeah press it again it was like it was the weirdest way to edit shit (laughs) That that was radical. Um, I know, like, <laughs> so so intense. Uh, that was that was my gateway to to digital art. I I have a band since like ten years almost, and I I started doing these these shitty artworks with those apps. You know, I was just doing artworks for my band just for fun, and then I started posting on Instagram because I found that there was a community uh, behind it. And that's where it all started. I just became addicted to creating stuff and then sharing yeah. it. And did and you ever did you ever go to uh, tag to uh, Glitch Mob Inspired? That was like no, my favorite, no, that no. was my favorite tag, dude. Because that was like <laughs> where all the fucking glitchy shit was, like <laughs> with like Glitch A. Yeah, yeah I didn't do that. So there. and it's I was funny using... because it was like Glitch the the musicians, the Glitch Mob. Yeah, it was like their tag, but it was just overrun by people <laughs> like. Like posting glitch art and shit. <laughs> they, were, they were fans of this, no? Yeah, they were. They loved it. Yeah. Uh, I remember using tags like e-junkies, yeah. RSA graphics. Yeah, RSA graphics, uh, dude. That was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's such, that's such a, like, a, a weird niche to be in, you know? I like, know, dude. A, a community of people who are creating art on their phones. Um, and, <laughs> and so... That's that's how I actually found out about uh, Slime Sunday uh, as an artist because I think you were like doing pretty well already at the time. I remember you had like maybe three thousand followers or like, four thousand. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I was like, dude, that's so insane! Like, wow, <laughs> I had like five hundred or something. <laughs> crazy how like how much my style has changed from that point. Yeah, from like yeah. the. I remember like trying to get featured on RSA graphics. Like that was, a, that was a thing. Like, dude, I need to get featured on a fucking RSA graphics. 
And those fuckers never featured me, dude. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. What? Like, I was like, the... I'll make I'll make my own fucking Illmatic features. Oh, there you go. Way better than RSA graphics bullshit. Yeah. I <laughs> remember. should do a drop with really old pieces and make call it origin stories. Dude, yeah, that would be sick. Show off all the old shit. Yeah. Yeah, just to pack in like a good price, you know, because it's right. still like old stuff. Um but that was crazy. And I remember like you could be a member of a page like RSA graphics and you would write in your bio member of RSA graphics. Yeah, like <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what's, you got now. your membership card. It does <laughs> nothing. It did nothing. But when I received a DM from them asking me if I wanted to become a member, I lost my shit. I was like, wow, this oh, is dude, as good as it gets. Got in. Yeah, man. I was, I was great. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. Dude, they would not let me into that shit. I don't know what it was. You, you right. see what that means, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Of course. No, but you were already on something else when that happened for me. I think you were like passed on. You were on Photoshop already doing your your stuff. But so as an artist, you said 2011. That was in 2014. So like what what's in between? Like what's the... F- what are the first steps before editing on your phone and then being more serious with Photoshop and all that? Yeah, I was doing music for a while. So I started out, I think, making shitty music in like Ableton Live. Um, but I grew up playing guitar and like piano and all that shit. So I was like very into that style of just creating, you know, shit on my computer. And then mm-hmm. we had, I was in a fucking TV class with Larry And I always found that shit like super fun. We'd make movies and like edit the movies and shit. So yeah, then I got into college and was just doing shit that I didn't really care about. And then in my dorm room in like the spare, in my spare time, I just kind of started fucking around with, uh, with Photoshop and and editing. So then I just got kind of addicted to it and just full in every single day, you know? Yeah. 10 hours a day, 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's how it goes for most of us. I feel like, you just get this drive that you cannot really explain. It's just so satisfying. Um, and seeing how you can progress through time. When, like you don't really realize it when you are doing the art, but when you're looking back and you see how bad or how uh, relatively good it was like two years ago or whatever, like it's fulfilling. You feel like you, I don't know, it gives you a sense of purpose I, I never really had in my life before. because. I know personally when I was a kid, like, okay, uh, you want to be a firefighter. That's easy. You, you, you answer quick for, to that. But when you became, when you become older, like a teenager uh, or like a young adult, for me, it was like, I have no idea what I could do. I, I had no <laughs> idea. I was, I was good at math, science, physics, all that stuff uh, was having good grades, but what good grades mean if you don't know what you want to do with them. So I just, I applied to an engineering program. I remember like three weeks in, I asked my friends, hey, hey, you guys, do you like what we're doing right now? <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, fuck yeah, man. It's so dope. Uh, I, I love it so much. And I, I'm like, oh, oh, cool. All right. <laughs> and I remember going back to my place and being like, oh, shit. Well, yeah, this is awful. I, I have four years of this ahead. <laughs> How? And mid-semester, I... I took the decision that I would quit. I would just leave that, but I had to finish it. And at the same time, I was uh, beginning to use Photoshop and I was getting more 
uh, traction with my work. And I was like, ah, man, I feel like this could be it, you know? But being an artist, like it's so risky, it's so impossible. No one can make a living out of this, right? That's what I was told. But then I just left and I, 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 I took like a semester off. I applied in graphic design in Montreal, did like a portfolio out of nothing. I, I invented projects. I made like a pasta <laughs> box. I, I'm not kidding. I made a pasta box and in the lid, there was like two circles to measure the portions. So it was so dope. I did some, <laughs> I did some business cards, dude. It was so, so cool. But actually, actually it was shitty, but um, I managed to get in. And so I was like, man, that, that's it. So I found it. I, as a person, like art just came to me so randomly that it feels almost like I don't know. Is that destiny or is this is this like pure luck? What what <laughs> what is it? I think you just uh, fall into it, man. Like kind of unexpectedly. Yeah. You know, like you don't really realize you're an artist until you start making shit. Yeah. And then you know, dude, I'm surprised you haven't started. If you're good at like math and physics, you should be fucking with Houdini. I I, I lost this uh, ability to be good with math. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not enjoying doing math. I was just good at it. Um, but I, I wanted to learn Odini. I think if I take the time, I can do it, you know, but I mean, I can do it. I could, I did a small project with it. It's way too hard. I, I would have to be patient and learn it, but I was so bored by math. I'm sorry for people who love it, but <laughs> I didn't really like it. And, and so being able to just like, I don't know, focus on an image for me makes much more sense. It's, it's much more fun. For me, it's, it's the best. So, so yeah, it's just crazy how it can shift from not being aware of the possibilities to making a living out of this. It's just nuts. Do projects take like a certain amount of time, like usually an average, or do some come quickly and some take uh, like a extended period of time, like you work on them over a period of months? It depends because usually what I've been kind of this in this mindset of creating one artwork at a time. I think it has something to do with probably Instagram and my relationship with social media kind of is intertwined with my my mindset when create when creating art. So I just tackle one piece at a time for some reason. I sometimes did some series, but not super often. Um, and those artworks, like it can take like two days at least. I can spend like four hours just trying to figure out a pose for a character like yeah it makes no sense maybe to someone else but for me i spend so much time just doing that kind of stuff you know it matters the arms. yeah yeah to me it has like, to say something like you have yeah. to feel it you know it, yeah it's right right exactly yeah i i'm doing oh whenever i'm creating something sometimes it has a prior meaning sometimes i find it when i create it but if i don't have like this kind of gut feeling when i see the piece I'm working on, I know I'm not done yet. So if it's a pose, if it's a color combination, if it's uh, a lighting, if it doesn't strike something in me and myself, I, I know that it's not ready to go. So that's why I'm not, I've never done daily renders because I would go crazy. I'm a perfectionist, so that doesn't work with me. That's um, a crazy concept that I've never thought about before. It's like, when do you know you when you're done? You know, because oh, you can keep tweaking things forever and you really have yeah, to like, you, tell yourself to stop. Yeah, you have to say stop at some point. You know when to stop when you ask your friend which version they like and they just yeah. respond. They're the same. What's the difference? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, right now I'm preparing something 
because I know this is not going to be released tomorrow, but tomorrow I'm announcing a Nifty Gateway drop. So I'm going to drop a teaser. And I've been working on this collection for uh, since like beginning of January. So it's my first time working so hard on like one project. Like I spent, I, I, I pushed aside my client work a, a little bit. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> and I worked on this all day. I, I did five visuals, five soundtracks. It's all going to be uh, available to see very soon. But tomorrow it's a teaser. So that's a good example of like, Ooh. it takes, sometimes it takes time, sometimes a bit less. Yeah. That's amazing. So you made, so you made all the music too. Yeah. Wow. With uh, yeah. these bad boys, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, nice. I love it. Got to make sure you get that word out because that in itself is like, you're doing two things. You're doing the, the visuals and the music element. Yeah. Um, I might Something gonna... you can't do with physical art. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I might do a little, uh, <laughs> not a vlog but like do a little montage uh, i got one track to read to do so i might ask my roommate to just film me while i'm trying to make it i will just like cut the footage and put it on top of like one of the tracks not nothing like too crazy but just to show like a bit of the process so yeah it's gonna be cool i don't know how much i could talk about it right now because it's uh it's a very personal subject I was kind of scared to talk about it i don't know if, the, if it's the right moment to talk about it if you guys are done i'm, I'm done but i don't want to like Keep talking and Dude, <laughs> let, let it go, about. man. All right, <laughs> whatever you, whatever you want. I, I was talking with uh, an artist friend of mine. Mike is familiar with him. Uh, too much lag. So uh, Stefan is like one crazy artist, really creative guy who's also like super into crypto. So he's always coming up with these crazy concept about like how to manipulate contracts in order to create art. So he did like he put a whole Bitcoin in a piece. Um, so if you bought the piece, you had the Bitcoin, but to access the Bitcoin, you had to burn the art, leave it um, without any owner for the rest of its life. So once you burn the piece to get the, the, the Bitcoin, well, the piece has no owner for the rest of like forever. So <laughs> where does it go? Cons- it, it just stays in, it's floating in open sea, like the platform when you, where you can see them all. Um, and it just has no owner. I think when you burn something, you're basically just sending it to a non-existent wallet, correct? I, I think so. But I don't know like how he did that contract. Uh, yeah, it's um, amazing. I, but I sent you guys a link to that. We saw that. I, yeah, it's, that sounded very familiar. Yeah. yeah. So like, do you value the NFT more or just the Bitcoin? So that's the question here. But again, like that. I'm, did I'm, he just do one of those? Yeah, yeah. So far he did one, but oh, I'm it's, pretty sure. He's it's not debatable. Come. The Nifty is probably going to end up being worth more. Is it's just a cool concept in general? Yeah, I don't think you can do such a thing on Nifty though, because they, they still like do their own contracts in house. Um, but that I, makes I'm sense. Sure. That seems a little out there for that yeah. platform. But so I guess it ahead. depends on the Bitcoin price too. I mean, I would imagine yeah. that. I think the art would always outpace the price of the Bitcoin just because of the story. Yeah, I think it's a cool concept in itself, so it's worth a lot. Um, so I was talking to this guy and we, you know, we were just chatting about this space and I'm like, man, I, I was talking to him and I'm like, I don't know. I, I feel kind of weird lately because, uh, all I see is like numbers and all I see is like people just like talking about achievements. And I was browsing. I remember I was browsing Twitter like crazy each day and it was not good for me because uh, I was spending more time just comparing myself to others and actually spending time on my own work 
And it kind of had a toll on me at some point, not anymore. It's, it's never totally, it doesn't just vanish like that, but I'm, I worked on it. We all got like these fears, um, you know, like these fears as an artist, like, am I going to do a mistake by doing this? Am I going to end up left behind? Or I could be scared of disappointing my audience or someone. And, and so that kind of struck something in me. And I was like, what if I did an artwork for each of my fears? So I ended up having this series of pieces that I've made. So they're all like characters. They all have their own personality, their own color palette, their own. The soundtrack is also related to the emotion I want to convey. And so I have this piece called Mistake, um, this piece called Disappoint, Dishonest vulnerable and left behind so those are like all my internal fears as a person as an artist and I was scared as shit to do this project like I thought what what people are gonna think about this like collectors will they think I'm like a weak person for admitting that and talking about this and so I was I it took me like a week or two to just accept the idea and really go into it and before even creating visuals I just wrote a text, a statement about this, and it like kind of clicked in my head that this was the right choice. So I just went ahead. And now I have all these characters that are like super cool. And essentially I'm gonna tokenize my fears. That's interesting. It's just, yeah, I love it. It's, it's so, very cathartic. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. So yeah, my fears will be encrypted in the blockchain forever. So now all I can do is to work on them and move on, you know, because I acknowledge them in the most Chad way ever. It doesn't get as Chad as this. I, <laughs> I, I, I will tokenize my, my fears on the blockchain. I don't know. That was so crazy to accept and to work on. I'm almost done. I'm at like near the finish line. What's the date? Uh, it's uh, February 25th. Nice. So, That's not far from now. No, what came first, the so music or the visuals? The visuals. I spent like the last week tracking music. And essentially what I tried to do is I, you know, I have my, my screen, this one that I'm looking at with Ableton open and on the other one, I have the piece just like, just chilling there. And I'm, I'm playing here cause I don't have much space here. And I, I just, I look behind me and I just make sure that like, I'm still aware of which piece I'm working on. Got the I'm, vibe. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying some chords and I'm just trying chord progressions. And it's the same process as when I'm creating a piece. If, uh, if a chord, chord progression doesn't make me feel something, I move on to the next one. And so that was my process. I did the, the visuals first and then the soundtrack. And of course I have the statement that's being finished right now. It's not like, it's nothing flesh, you know, but I feel like if it can bring people to be more vocal about this, especially in this space, it's going to be released where it's all about being the best and getting crazy numbers and we tend to overlook how it can affect us on a like a personal level. Um, I, yeah, I, I connects you to the to the collectors as a human. Like we all yeah. feel things and like yeah. And I I, I had um, good good help from my friend Victor Mosquera. Um, at in the first place, I mentioned words like crypto art space and all that stuff, and he said, "No, dude, you should not talk about the crypto art space. You should just make it as broad as you can, so as much people." Can relate because at the very core of it even if you're not in the crypto space or like if you're just outside of that you can still feel um the fear of 
disappointing someone that's totally the chit so that was a lot of help that i had along the along the way just to make sure that like my project can be understood by mo most people and not just the crypto space even though it can resonate a lot within that little sphere of people um so yeah you guys are like having some premier shit <laughs> i like i like um how conceptual this is whereas like I don't know, man. I've, I feel like I've been seeing like a lot of drops that are like put together so quickly and just there for like cash grabs and shit. Whereas this is like, feels to me more like it's like you put a lot of thought into this and built kind of a story behind it. And that's what's cool yeah. about this space is it gives artists kind of the opportunity to create exactly what they want to, you know, instead of somebody yeah. else. Yeah, it's kind of weird though, because uh, I mean, it was a kind of a fight against myself because I, I, I wanted to do that, but at the same time, I didn't, you know, because it's such a sensible topic that it was kind of a, a huge learning process for me, thinking about it and being like, okay, you know, like I'm actually going to create art about those fears. I'm I'm usually, my work, I, I always say it's about balance, color and emotion, but more, more than often, the emotion is mostly like hidden. Like I don't tell everyone how I feel, in my work, you know, but this time I wanted to make it more vulnerable and more open so people can really see how I can sometimes just go deeper within myself to find some meaning and put it into my work. So yeah, it's it's very simple. Those are just like characters in a simple colored background with, with um, some clouds. It's kind of in the vibe of ethos, like visually, like it's close up on the character are they like the yeah. prometheus shape they were the uh the engineers from prometheus like the alien movie like well, I, they're... i've seen like a similar character like in facade and a couple of other ones where like oh. all the mannequin like figures you know? yeah it's it's well that's my signature style right like, right people are trashing on this style on twitter but that's my jam so I, i'll what do you oh, call that what do you that. call those people? people what the fuck dude you were like you're kind of like the first person to do that style though so I feel like everyone's just kind of doing it now. Yeah, well, some people did it before me, probably. That's that's for sure. But it's called like they called it um, bald mannequins. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I was spot on. Really close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and or bald figures, whatever. And people just think it's lazy. But I'll be honest with you guys, my work is not hard to make. Like it's not. But to me, it's not about like hard. It's the arrangement. Yeah, I think it's like. What, what I what I like to do and what I feel like I, I'm good at is not just creating the character, but it's more like the composition, the pose, the colors. All of that is like so much more work than just creating a bald character. The bald character is, is just like the vessel for the emotion itself. It can be anyone as well, being that it's like almost like a placeholder for yourself or yeah. anyone. Yeah, it, I was so attracted by those because they are, they don't have any like, skin color they don't have sometimes they're kind of a gender they don't anyone can relate to them somehow to me that was so like the perfect choice i i don't want to make like art that's selective and that only some people can relate to they're just aliens anyone can relate to them yeah <laughs> i don't get the fuzz i guess it's probably because it's getting overdone a bit by some people you know i'm not gonna stop doing this because people complain yeah i think you so, own it i like it so yeah that's that's my drop you guys um that's awesome dude <laughs> didn't expect to talk no. about this he's gonna crush well you we can only hope so that that would be great huh <laughs> well if you're stressing as much as 
Mike was stressing, then it's going to be successful. <laughs> oh, well, the stakes are not the same. Like I'm not doing uh, a whole book. <laughs> no, yeah, no, still, man. It's Just like, like the, the, the anxiety that you got, that you must get, like while you're piecing toll. it together, it's like, all right, I got to get oh. this done. And this has yeah. to be, you know, right. I have a, this shot and the anxiety that comes with that. And that probably just turns out your best work. On the day of the drop, I won't be fine. I will be <laughs> I remember the day of my first drop, I was, I had, I, when I'm stressed out, I have cold fingers and I, my hands were like freaking ice cold all day long. And I, I, I could not eat. It was the worst. I'm pretty sure Mike, you felt that way each time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Awful. That's, I, dude, it's, it literally is the most stressful feeling. Like the, like 10 minutes before the drop. You're putting yourself out there, you know, like for yeah. people to like attach a price tag to you, basically. And you I know. want to feel validated. Yeah, it's crazy because at the end of the day, like the, the reception is kind of like a huge sign of validation. So you want to do well, but at the same time, you're like, well, if it doesn't do that well, I I'm proud of myself still. Um, it's like a lot of conflicting emotions because my, my work that I've done there, it's like, I'm proud of it, but if it doesn't work well, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I I'm just happy that I did it. And hopefully some people can find, I don't know, a way to be more vocal about their emotions. Because I know I'm not the best guy to talk about emotions. I kind of tend to bottle up and <laughs> like let it all, all at once. That's kind of like my way of doing, th of doing things. So yeah, I, I feel like, like Fred today, I had the chance to talk with him before the drop. He <laughs> was like, I have no expectation. I, I'm, I'm just proud that I did a game <laughs> and I would be proud too, you know? And then after the drop, he was talking to me and he showed me his hand. It was like that. <laughs> He's like, I, 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 I don't deserve this. Like, what, what is that? Like, <laughs> he was so confused and he was happy, but at the same time, couldn't really understand what it meant, what it truly meant to do such a successful drop. So lots of emotion, guys. So, so much craziness it's stressful dude for sure like yeah. the drop the doing the drops are stressful like it's a lot of work yeah. so it's taxing on your uh, mental health for sure yeah so you you've you've got to you've got to like work to kind of detach yourself from that that because otherwise you get stuck into it it's like a rabbit hole you just go deep and deep and deep and you keep thinking about this so you got to kind of like like see yourself as like as a third person and be like it's going to be fine if it's not well, I'll just try to surpass myself next time. But it's, it's, of, it's, of course, a work in progress to think that way all the time. So, yeah, that, that's my two cents regarding this. Such, a, such a, a strange topic, but so exciting at the same time. Any advice you'd give to new artists trying to break into the space? My, my advice, I, I tell people, because I've had my fair share of DMs when I first got in. Pretty sure, Mike, you also had a lot of people asking you questions because they're all like, what, what the fuck is this? You know? So when I got those DMs from other artists or just people who were interested in the space, what I would say is that first, <clears throat> like you gotta be ready to invest some time in the community. You cannot just go and expect to make money and then just leave. Cause that to me is like such a money grabbing way of doing things. I hate that. I'm not, when I see people just coming in, they do a successful drop, but they never comment on everyone's post. They don't buy NFTs, even if it's their friends. Like they don't, you, you see that they, do they truly believe in this space or they just see it as a way to make like a quick buck and then 
forget about it in the next two weeks after that. So that kind of frustrates me. So what I tell people is that if you want to get in this space and like make a name for yourself, take some time to know like and learn about it. Learn who who are the artists that are in this space, no matter like how big they are. You, you got to be aware of who's there. You got to be aware of who are the collectors. You got to be aware of the platforms and what they mean and what they have to offer. And at, at the very core of it, I would say also like spread positivity. I don't like to, I, I hate like talking shit or just being negative about stuff. And I know some people tend to be very extremist and they, they are like worried about stuff. And they, I don't know, I, I just like to be positive about this whole space. So that's what I tell them, be involved. Yeah, that be involved would be uh, the word for it. And also be patient. I think that's a, a good advice. Because if you if you go in it and you I don't know you release ten pieces in one week, you're gonna kill your your momentum like right away. It's gonna be too much too soon. Gotta be like wise and only mint the work that truly means something to you. When I first got started, I was like, wow, well I've got I've got like hundreds of artworks like this is crazy. I'm set for life. That that was my mindset. <laughs> that that was my mindset like the first day, you know. But then I was like, no, I cannot do that that's not going to happen. At first I was like, okay, I'm going to limit myself to uh, 40 pieces a year, 40 pieces a year. And then I was like, no, that's not going to work. I quickly went from minting my whole career to minting like, I don't know, one piece per week to minting one piece per month. Cause yeah. to me, it didn't make sense to, to like release so much work out there. Imagine like for a collector who's like spending serious money on me and my work and then the next thing they see is like whoa whoa they just minted like 10 pieces what what is going on i have like i now i own like a smaller percentage of the yeah. yeah yeah so that's what i tell everyone because i don't want people to make mistakes if but it's good to make some and learn but if i can prevent people from being too hungry for money and like sell quick well mission accomplished awesome mike any advice from your side? Yeah, I'm definitely not a fan of like cash grabs or people just coming into the space to make like a quick dollar. Like, I feel like as a digital artist, we've kind of, we've been fucked over by society for so long with like people not respecting our work and um, getting like shafted by, you know, big brands and labels and shit. And I would hate to see that happen again in the same space. So I feel like the community has to be positive and more about the art than you know making money and then another thing i would like to say is like it's all about hard work so you can't expect to just like start making art and then putting something up and having it sell within like you know you're like getting pissed at yourself that it didn't sell like most of us here have been doing this for years so it's about putting in a shit ton of hours getting your ten thousand hours in to you know be able to be releasing content and, and do it successfully yeah such a good point do you think social media following has anything to do with it do you think you need to build that base in order to jump so. into the nifty stuff no i think it's going to be harder for you to get onboarded because for some reason that's something that the platforms look at obviously is like social media following but as a platform if i was running it and i saw art that i thought was you know above everybody else's shit and i was like wow this is really good i'd have no issue letting somebody in you know i wouldn't select them based on their following it's more about how good their content is definitely it's important man like social media is as much as people hate on it 
having a good, you know, base is, is definitely helpful. I wonder yeah. if there's any merit in like bringing artists together under a, a single banner or a label and like having collaborators together. Where that, like, was, dude, that, was like my goal. that was my goal from when I first talked to Blau. I was like talking about like creating a collective of maybe like 15 artists that just started working together to do bigger projects together with bigger budgets and, and make more money. And then we're, we got into the NFT space and we were thinking the same thing. Well, like this is, would be a good time to maybe form a collective in this space, which would be sick. And then, yeah, Blau had some thoughts about it and yeah, I hope we can. It would be sick to do something like hash mask style with kind of yeah. the artists that we have. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I've seen some artists with um, a huge following getting into this space and some with a smaller amount also getting into this space, but their work is there, you know? And I've also seen some people with like crazy followings not being accepted in this yeah, space. Yeah. So I don't know, like I think what they consider is probably just like, it's a blend of both. So they look at the numbers, but they also look at the art and they, if they think that it's a fit to the space, they will accept. It must be hard for them to like review these artists because some people, it, can be quite hard to accept that you're not accepted on this while everyone's on it and uh it's like going crazy you feel like you're missing the train but yeah it's having a social media presence also helps because of course like you you can probably help more to bring people in if you do a good job of like uh, simplifying the whole um nft itself i don't know it's like it's 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 hard to say it's a it's luckily it's like a mix of both because otherwise even people like me like there are so many more artists who are far more popular than I um I would probably have no chance if they only looked at numbers like even for someone like me glad they do both for real it's really cool yeah I mean the art should speak for itself I don't think it's you know necessarily about following it's just about whether you create good content or not yeah know? yeah totally it's, it's 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 just I just hope that platforms don't end up only accepting like the big clout machines yeah yeah because hey, you don't want to get deeper dude that's what that's what larry owns man clout machine yeah I, <laughs> I i realized it as i said it um but if it becomes a space where only the brands and the, like the big artists and the big music artists can drop stuff ugh, it's gonna be tough yeah like, man really maker's is. place is gonna pop off <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah maker's place i'm intrigued um i'm you wondering have live there right now yeah i have yeah. uh two collaborations there yeah um they have i had sold. have they sold uh, no um i actually i we still have a, an offer from illustrator yeah um, alicia it's a collab with malavida and alicia made her super rare debut recently and she killed it like crazy yeah um she she has um like some crazy sales and so it kind of changed our our idea of like what we could accept as a bid so we're we're sitting on it you know we're i think tim is aware of it and like i'm i'm, I'm really grateful that he placed a bid in the first place and i'm grateful that he kept it for so long it's been like three weeks um, but yeah, we're just waiting. I'm, I'm good at this. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll just wait. And if it works, it works, but yeah, there's, we have some worry there. Otherwise I don't know 
when I'm going to post next there. It's hard for me to tell. Like it was perfect for collaboration, but I don't want to drop just for dropping on a platform. There are a lot of platforms that are interesting, like um, Zora. I don't know if you guys heard about it. I haven't heard of Zora. No, that's new to me. It's a platform when you where you can post uh, editions of one, but for anything it can be text, music, images, videos. Hmm. Uh, people pose their selfies there, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's kind of dope. It's kind of dope. I think um, the musician Rack as a, some involvement in this. Is it RAC or RAC? I don't know. I think it's, I don't know. I think it's RAC, but I'm not sure. RAC. Let's oh, call know. him RAC. Yeah. I like RAC. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it was RAC. I'd read it as RAC. <laughs> yeah, I think he has some involvement Rack. in there. But I'm interested by the platform, but at the same time, I'm like, should I really pose there? Is it worth it? Because I have Super Rare, which is perfect for now. You think it'll get to the point? where they're like tokenizing an entire album and only that one person can listen to it. Kind of like the Martin Shkreli bought the one Wu-Tang uh, yeah, Wu album. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Cause it, I think Blau like, is going to, Blau is going to tokenize his entire album. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. But you is can still get alpha? it elsewhere. What you if it was exclusively it in a nifty and only the person that owned it could listen to it? <clears throat> Yeah, I don't think he could. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And exactly. Then you have to resell it. And then it's up to like the person who's reselling it to what they want like other people to hear it. Yeah, they, they can well they can like start like streaming it on, on a platform or something. Yeah, or, you could do that with like a TV show or <laughs> you just like do a concert. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, a live concert performance. <laughs> One song. Yeah, imagine if like somebody like tokenized the office back in the day. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. We, should, we, we, should actually, we actually should do that if we can <laughs> if we can make clips and and post it on this website is it vera is that what it's called zora 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 <laughs> zora uh, we just start clipping yeah like three second clips of the office and see if we can tokenize i think that. nbc would be up our ass so far oh, yeah <laughs> or we'll play it in reverse and we'll play, call it <laughs> guess guess this line yep I actually, there was something that I just remembered that I wanted to ask. How bad, what was the name that you fucked up the most the first time, like of someone that you've either met or like you saw their name and just pronounced it to them totally wrong? Go first, Mike. Go first. <laughs> Three Lao? Yeah, that's a good oh. one. Yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah, I think when I first met him, I thought, I always thought his name was Three Lao. <laughs> what, like, I used to call him that like before, before I even started working with him or I would call him like three LAU or three Lau. had no idea it was Blau for so long. And then I was like on a call with him one day and someone corrected me and I was like, Oh shit, I've been saying it wrong all these years. But I think, I think he probably gets that a lot. You know? I would imagine so. Kind of like dead mouth five. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> my mine actually i have two that i can say um but i never i never had to deal with awkwardness but being a francophone um initially it, when i was referring to mike's work i was saying slim sunday yeah. <laughs> yeah, people used to say that to me yeah yeah slim sunday <laughs> but that's kind of cool like a like diluted version of yourself would have yes. been great huh? people, people slim sunday what did you think Fuckbrender's name was? I don't know. A lot he of didn't them. know how to. He's like, there's a V in there. I don't know. 
Oh, grander. Yeah, yeah. A lot Fred's of easier. Yeah, it's easier. <laughs> just see like um, who's choosing that? Like a lot of artists, like the they have this inverted V, but it's a U or whatever, and you're like, oh, well, how how do I spell that? <laughs> I I just don't know. I actually um did like a a live presentation um in like for an event at uh, there's a, this company called Moment Factory in Montreal. Um, they do like visuals for big events like Madonna's live shows, uh, live visuals. Um, but they, there was an event at their place and I spoke there and I was talking about the people who inspired me. And there's this guy called Dorian Legrain, French artist who does like crazy abstract stuff. And it's a French name, you know, and I said Dorian, which is like the feminine version of it but I didn't know it was the feminine version. So I just said Dorian Legray in front of like hundreds of people. And he told me because he heard like a recording of the event. He was like, man, uh, I just got to say that it's Dorian, not Dorian. Because otherwise it's like a woman's name. I don't even um, pick up the subtle differences. I don't either. My yeah, stupid ears. French, French people will understand. But <laughs> it, it's, essentially it's like, it's like I used a totally the wrong name but in life and I didn't know so I couldn't feel shame but afterwards I was like I was sorry for <laughs> butchering the name like that I'm still sorry Dorian forgive me <laughs> <laughs> what was yeah. your, it was, uh, you just got money a lot of mixed up yeah. a lot of money oh yeah I'm a lot of money money a lot of money a lot of to my point, though, either his Instagram or his Twitter, he it is swapped. So I got it from one of those, I think. Oh, that's Or possible. I'm lying. I don't know. That's Somebody possible. probably swiped a handle from him. Yeah. Tell Wait, us about yeah. A. Faro. Oh, shit. You know your stuff. Um, a. Faro's my cousin. No, he, that's me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's like my, well, poor, it's my poor photography account. I kind of. Uh, I have to post there, but anyways. I like them. Uh, glad I you think do. they're really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I've always, well, before doing 3d, I was mostly like doing edits and I got into photography. Like I don't consider myself really a photographer, like I'm a hobbyist. And, and so I, I had all these crazy, crazy pictures of my trips that I did with my parents or my friends. And I, I just started editing them. You know, I was really inspired by Liam Wong or even the uh, G monk with the Inframonk series. These two guys inspired me a lot in my style. So I just went crazy. Like the whole premise was just letting myself do whatever I wanted with those photos and just consider those as an exercise of colors and exploration. Also, I learned a few tricks about editing uh, along the way. So that's that's good, right? And so, yeah, that's that's just where I post my photos. I didn't want to put them on Aphoria because Aphoria is, is a 3D artist, not a photographer. So, doesn't exist in this realm right yeah so I, I i just i just like the idea of like having a second account for that and i often goof around and comment on my posts with a faro <laughs> and i'm like yo well, so <laughs> so sick bro and <laughs> i i also yourself up yeah i do that sometimes and sometimes i would share like a faro's post on the and be like yo check out what my dude's been posting and, <laughs> and People get confused and they're like, wait, I thought it was you. And I'm like, no, that's my, actually, that's my cousin. <laughs> Stick to that story. I like Some it. people are buying it. That's like, that's like the whole story of like 
fuck render being my dad. Uh, <laughs> that's, that, that can sound messed up, but it's not, you know, I, I promise. There's no shady stuff going on uh, in the background. But <laughs> for the longest time, I, I say that, that he's my dad. And I've got these DMs of people being like, wow, I wish I had such a cool dad. <laughs> 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 How I like, they're like, wow, it really runs in the family. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious it's so it's so hilarious i i, I screenshot all of those because it's so so funny <laughs> and yeah that, that kind of stuff just makes me laugh a lot i just like to to play around because otherwise i'm always serious so when i can fool a bit fool around and just joke about that stuff it's just great so it just became a meme at this point <laughs> yes oh i did i actually had no idea that that uh photography account existed that's crazy. yeah yeah, well, it's... I'm going to have to follow that shit. Keep snapping oh, away. If you follow me, it will be an honor, man. You uh, want to be the... <laughs> Mike, you should be the admin. Yeah. For, for his account? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, formally <laughs> extend him an offer to be the admin. <laughs> Return the favor. Yeah, I'll tell my cousin. He's a, he's a big fan of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, good good call. I, I often forget about this account, so thanks for bringing it. <laughs> That's you, sick, dude. Tyler digging deep. Sorry yeah, you did some research, man. Like, oh, yeah. There's so much. And I feel like I, I didn't realize it's been almost two hours. And I feel like we just scratched the surface. <laughs> yeah. I know, dude. We want a minute. Uh, that's, that's really cool. It means that uh, this is all fun. And the discussion was just flowing as it should. Also, before before we hop off, um, yep. Larry, you, you, can tell, you can tell him about your trade. You scooped, you scooped one of his pieces. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, true. That, we that. Should, we we had to talk about this tonight. So good call. This Mike. is the good facade. Yeah. So I was talking to this dude. I just like hitting up random people that have bids out there and being like, yo, what, what are you looking for? And then maybe we can swindle something. <laughs> I didn't even know. I was, I was looking at something else and uh, I didn't even know he had that facade in his collection. And after the first offer I sent him, I was like, oh, wait, what about this? Like, oh, I don't really actually want to move that. And then it was, uh, it was like the Pac, Trevor Jones, and the Mad Dog, yeah, because yeah. I just bought that before Ideas he did the, to. yeah, before he did the, the Dead Mile Five drop piece, uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, so that went up in value, and then there was the uh, what's his name drop with the Justin Rick and Morty Merlin. dude, yeah. Uh, the yeah. message where it had like a weird seated way to to get it where you had to buy the three open editions. Um, so I traded that for that and facade for those two things, just not even looking for it. So it actually took a decent negotiation to take, to get it from him. He didn't want to, he didn't want to let it go. That's so cool. Like it's so much fun. Yeah. So he got got rid of ideas of the currency and Trevor and a pack scooped one of yours and got the Justin Rowland, right? Yeah, yeah, Justin Rowland. Yeah, where they that just was cool because of how I mean, well, you can only get it if you own three of the same one. I think it was like the presentation, you'd have to have three copies of it. Yeah, three, oh. three, op- three of the open editions, right? Any three. Whoa. Okay. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. good deal, dude. That was, yeah, yeah. that's it, a special one. There's only what, how many of those are there? Uh, 62, maybe, but they're only 50 cents. Yeah, you, but, you got a facade, it's one out of five. That's that's yeah. pretty cool. That's a good yeah, that's a good number. Yeah. You, have, you have his you have a one on one by him as well, right? Yeah, Ivy on super. 
And it's somehow in an OpenSea account. I haven't figured out OpenSea. I need to get on there. OpenSea is just connected to Super Rare, Rareable. Like if yeah. it exists there, it'll show up in OpenSea. Yeah. yeah. It's like I got two wallets though, because I moved some stuff from Super Rare to a different wallet that I was oh. trying to connect to OpenSea. And then when I went to go open my OpenSea account, my Super Rare account was attached to it. So the other two that I had are now sitting in a different wallet. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <Moving them around. laughs> Aim to move them, I would imagine too, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. This stuff's just fun. It's just like you're yeah, it just it really is great to see you, you guys like collecting stuff. It's amazing. So I came in thinking it was like, oh, I'm just gonna make a quick buck, and like, and now I'm like, this has the potential to like not only grow a cool art collection, but 40 years from now, that could be like physical art. You know what I mean? Like this could pay for your children's yeah. college tuition, like. I don't think there's a ceiling on this stuff. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good way to, to like sums it up, you know, like this is something that could be life-changing if, if it, if it keeps going and like, it, it doesn't like people think it's a bubble and that it will burst. If it keeps going at a good pace and that people do the right actions, we can really manage to bring this, this, this whole NFT thing to to last for a long time because digital art is not going away and yeah. it's, it's it, not that. so much people can do it now like i don't see why it would die down there's an art market since forever like a traditional art market since forever digital art has not been there forever so we're like in the very beginning of all this so it's really exciting perfect place <laughs> to cut this so yeah alexi so it's been awesome man appreciate your time and uh, definitely be in touch yeah. well well first like thanks thanks to you three for doing this i was really excited to to meet you uh especially to put a face uh, on larry's name <laughs> thanks again for this i feel i hope like people who will listen to this will feel like i did like not realizing how fast it went like it's crazy so yeah that was a lot of fun and i hope you can do this eventually yeah. awesome Dude, cool. thanks, dude. Nice to meet you. Catch you guys later. Nice to meet you too. Good Bye, everyone. All.